Great leaders are always learning. Tune in each week as we dig deep into the minds of America's top leaders and uncover their secrets for success and the pivotal moments that got them there. If you are looking for executive coaching that will drive you and your team to the winning goal line, this is the podcast for you. Hey guys, this is Justin Simmons. Welcome to this edition of the Leaders Playbook. Super excited about our guest today, serial entrepreneur Kelly McFarland, founder of Premier Rehab here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, grew a company from one to seven locations over 16 years and super excited to have you on, Kelly. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, today we want to learn a little bit about you and yes. that formula that leads to exemplary leadership and what you've done as a leader in business, as a a woman executive and otherwise, and, and kind of walk us through that that pathway to success. And okay. so super excited to have you on. Thank, Thank you for joining. You. Very excited myself. Thank you. Yes. So let's start out just talking about you and your background a little bit. So you're from Dallas originally or from Texas? Tell me I am from about. Texas. Grew up in the mid-cities area, so North Richland Hills, Okay. Uh, in between Dallas and Fort Worth. So it just depends on how much you know about Texas is if where I tell you I'm from. But Dallas, Fort Worth area for sure my whole life, born and raised in high school, and then went to college at Texas Tech. Oh, nice. Love yes. it. And then came Red back. Raider. Yes. Very yeah, cool. been really fun. Very good time. So what high school was it? I went to Richland High School in North Richland Hills. Okay. Yes. Do you have siblings? I have a younger brother who's four years younger than me, and then a sister who's seven years younger, and all three of us own our own business. Really? Yes. Very cool. So, so family of entrepreneurs. Family of entrepreneurs. My dad owned his own business. My mother owned her own business. So we grew up working at an early age and in the grind and learning it and loving it and just became a part of us. Really. What was it? What was your first job? What did you start out doing? So my dad owned Texaco convenience store gas stations. Ah. And he built his he built his company from one to eight. Wow! And he had a board and some investors. So I guess my first job was mopping the floors and making the pizzas and bagging the ice and stocking the coolers and working the register. You know, every summer. And then when I came back from college, um, so it was great just learning all about it. I did work a little in the back of the office. Uh, my dad's sister was the accountant. Okay. And my dad's mom ran the books. So it was a really uh, family invested mm -hmm. part of a company that yeah. we grew up in. Yep. How does, um, so you've obviously applied some of those principles to leading your company, I assume. Um, kind of like, uh, I have a family owned business to some degree and it's almost like you have a responsibility to the people around you, yes. I think a little bit more so, but um, kind of like explain that to me a little bit, kind of how that's driven the principles behind how you lead the company and the culture? Yeah. Well, you know, I saw my mother and she was a director in Mary Kay for 30 years. Oh, wow. So she led people. So she was an, an amazing leader. And I think we all just are willing to invest in our people and we're willing to invest our time and we're never too good to do whatever it is we ask anybody to do. Amen. So if we see a piece of trash on the floor, we pick it up. Yeah. If we need to mop something because it's dirty, we do. If the trash needs to be taken out, we take out the trash. So I think being a part of that and, and bringing people alongside with you mm -hmm. as your vision grows, people see what you're willing to do. They see your commitment to them. Mm -hmm. They see your commitment to the vision and it grows and it moves. And I think that's the biggest thing. How did you, how do you get people to follow that vision as you, you know, set out on your pathway? How did you do that? 
you have to share the vision, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody needs to know what the vision is, what the goal is, then they have to see you living it, mm -hmm. right? So it's one thing to say, hey, I want to own this company and all of you just do it for me. Y'all show up and y'all work. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, I want to, this is the vision of the company and this is what I'm going to do and how can I help you and what are you looking for in your path of a career? What is your talent? What is your strength? How can we use that? to match this vision and just finding a place for everybody, Yeah. right? Because everyone on your team creates the success. So Premier Rehab is not successful just because of Kelly. Right. It's successful because of the team that we've put together and all that the team has contributed over the years. And I tell them that all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not just me. It's what we've done together. And I've had many a group of individuals who have joined us and stayed with me for years. Yeah. So, well, when you're building that team and you're getting people on the bus, as they say, yes. Um, tell me about that. So it's it's not always rosy, and there's people that are on the bus that maybe shouldn't be on the bus. And so, how did how does that work? Or have you been pretty successful in just building the right teams out of the out of the box? Well, you know, when you're small, it's easier, yep. right? And so, as you grow, then that becomes the bigger challenge mm -hmm. because the only way you grow is by adding more people. And then the only way you grow when you add more people is then to find more people to fill the seats that are in the right seat. Right. Right. So when I owned one clinic, I only owned one clinic and that's all I knew. Mm -hmm. And then when I owned two clinics, I had never owned two before. So then I had to learn what it was like to own two and then three and then four and on and on. Right. Mm -hmm. So the challenges changed. Your challenges don't ever stay the same. Your life doesn't ever stay the same. I think we're all pretty funny when we expect life to be the same when it never is. Right. So we have to get comfortable with that change mm -hmm. and that adaptation. So it's harder as you get bigger because you have to include more people. But it's super important in the interviewing process to make sure that values are aligned, mm -hmm. that visions are aligned, that expectations are aligned. When you talk with people, and maybe they're interviewing for a position to join us, it's always interesting to hear what it is that they're looking for. What is it that they can contribute? And yeah. then for us to then also share what is it that we're looking for that they can fit, and is it, and is it a match? Mm -hmm. And it won't always be a perfect match. I'd love to say that everyone that came upon, upon our uh, team was perfect, but sometimes that doesn't work out, and we collaborate with one another. We try to steer it. And if it is not the right fit, then we have to make that decision. For sure. Mm -hmm. So middle management for you is probably a pretty big deal ultimately when you're growing. And I would have to assume you had some of that in place or there's someone helping you in that capacity that you could lean into to help with the management as you expanded. How, how did that work? So I started Premier Rehab Physical Therapy in 2003. And I, I graduated physical therapy school in 99. So as soon as I graduated, I told my dad, okay, well, I'm ready to open up my own practice. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, you think maybe you should work for a while? You don't really know anything about the business. You just got out of school. And I said, okay, well, sure, I guess I'll go work somewhere. So I worked for three years and then left and opened up my practice. And I had one individual come with me. Her name is Maria Underwood. Mm -hmm. And she did all of my front desk item things. Mm -hmm. And she is still with me today. Oh, wow. If you can believe 16 that. 16 years. And now since the acquisition, it's now 18 years and what she's doing for us now. But she's still with me from day one. Uh, so it was just she and I with one clinic. And then six months later, I hired my first physical therapist mm -hmm. who actually went to PT school with me. 
and she's still with me today. Very cool. So we, we built the team with the same vision of building a practice where patients could come and get everything they needed with their insurance dollar, mm -hmm. right? So I don't feel like professional athletes should be the only ones getting all the special programs. Right. So we opened up my first location with the HydroWorks pool, okay. where the floor of the pool is a treadmill with mm -hmm. underwater cameras. So all of the college universities have this pool, all the professional teams have the pool, but we opened it as a private practice because I think we should be able to have access to that too. For sure. So that was the vision. That's what casted us a little bit different. We were a private practice. We focused on world-class service to our patients, mm -hmm. no matter what their insurance dollar was. And so our team who joined us all believed in that. Mm -hmm. And so when I was ready to open clinic number two, I was a clinician. I went to clinic number two. I was a treating physical therapist there. I built it up and then I handed it off. So that was my model. Yeah. Is it then clinic three, I did the same thing, clinic four, and we did that through seven clinics. So there really wasn't much middle management, mm -hmm. really. Uh, as I built a clinic and then handed it off, there would be a clinic director mm -hmm. at that facility, so they would be in charge of that. Um, on clinic two, I had a student join me on the very first week I opened the clinic, and so she was my PT student, and after she graduated, I hired her, and she's been with me ever since. Very so cool. that's been 16 years. So, so we've had lots of people come and join us and believe in our vision and mm -hmm. stay and then want to be a part of it yeah. and grow. And so our middle management was really just me mm -hmm. and then my directors, yeah. and then we just worked together. How many employees are typically in one given uh, therapy location? So the smaller ones might be six and the busier ones might be 22. So a testament to your, your hiring, your ability to identify talent, to foster that talent and then yes. pass the torch and move on to the next. Yes. When you started all of this, did you have a vision of, hey, I want to have this many clinics or did it just organically start to take place or it tell me really, about that? It really took place organically. I wasn't really sure. I just knew I wanted to do it and I had never looked back. And as I made relationships and developed relationships with orthopedic surgeons in the area. Mm -hmm. We would tell them that we're open, we're ready for business. And they would say, oh, well, you know, we need to send a patient where they live, you know, and you're over here and we, need, we have patients over here. And I said, okay, well then I'll just open a clinic over there. And so I opened clinic number two. There you go. And then we would mark it for two and I'd say, okay, now we have these two locations. And they'll say, oh, well, we have some patients over here and it's too far. Okay, well, then I'll just open a clinic over there. So as I developed relationships with these physicians, I got to where they couldn't really deny me location because I opened up seven. There you go. And then we were on all the insurance plans. And so I kind of would tease them and poke and say, well, we're available everywhere. And so that really is just how it happened. So business development or your channel marketing is a strategy of going in, cultivating a relationship with, in this case, an orthopedic provider. Um, did you do that as well? Or did you have someone on your sales team that was helping out? That was me. And, that nice. was me. So it's not, and it's not just all orthopedics. So it's family physicians, okay. it's pain management, maybe it's urgent care. So it's anywhere where a patient might land with a musculoskeletal injury mm -hmm. and then need physical therapy after that. So I was the only marketer. Uh, for the first 13 years. And then after that, added a marketing director who's been with me now seven years. Very cool. Yeah. So, so pretty exciting here recently. You were acquired, yes. as I understand. Yes. And 
So what are your feelings on that? That's got to be kind of a change. You've built this thing, you know, created a culture, and now you've got more of a corporate influence around you, I assume. So explain a little bit about that, the process, and then yes. what you're going through. Yes. So when you, it, it's funny because when you ask about mental management, when I got to six clinics, I was ready to open clinic number seven, but my approach was becoming harder and harder to do. Mm -hmm. I could not do everything and then go be the one clinician that opened a clinic, treated all the patients, and then handed it off. Mm -hmm. it, that wasn't going to be sustainable or scalable. Yeah. So I had to figure out at that moment, do I create a middle management team for myself, a human resource person, a CPA, or a CFO, or something like that? Or is there a partner that might be a great fit mm -hmm. for me to then continue and and continue to build this footprint of private practice. You know, being leaders in our profession is a really big deal for me also. What is physical therapy and what should it stand for and defending our position in the market space. So I did go to market and there were a handful of people I would never consider partnering with. Mm -hmm. And then there were plenty uh, offers that were willing to have us join them. Cool. So as I visited with them, you know, same thing as you would trying to find a team member joining you. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find a company that does have the same vision, does have the same goal, does have the same uh, impression or thoughts for physical therapy. And that's when I found Empower. So Empower Physical Therapy is our parent company. We are private equity backed. Mm -hmm. uh, I am a partner owner in that company now. And our job is just to continue to be what we want to be, which is private practice owners sitting around a table, just creating a bigger footprint for what we are. Mm -hmm. And so the alignment was great. Uh, that was two years ago. And so my fit in the company now is as regional vice president. So Texas is my market. Okay. So I have some South Texas clinics that are under my purview. And then North Texas is my area. So I joined Empower with six, but we just opened three new clinics in this North Texas area. So now we have nine here in North Texas. Wow. And, you know, being by myself as an owner, even though I had an amazing team sure. all those years for 16, 17 years, I had an amazing team. Uh, being the only financier, being the only decision maker, being the only one at the, at the end of the day, it, you know, I was ready for a team. Yeah. I was ready for a team. So yes, it's different. Yes, it's different being part of an executive team. And uh, I don't like to use the word corporate too, too much because I think it kind of gives a negative connotation, but, but our team is bigger. And mm -hmm. so there are some differences with that. You know, I'm used to going 200 miles per hour. Anybody who knows me knows that I like to go fast and furious and um, to my detriment maybe sometimes too, right? Mm -hmm. um, so being on a team slows me down a mm -hmm. little because you have to include more people, but I'm ready for that. And I love their contribution. I love their position where they stand. We all believe the same things and want the same things. So other than just slowing me down and learning the dynamics of having my executive team in another state, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's good. I mean, I was ready for it. So yeah. So when you say I'm going to go to market, did you go through an investment banking firm or how did you present yourself? I had an advisor company okay. that worked with me. Yes. Very that cool. helped me go to market. Yeah. It gets to that point is a, you know, founder and owner of your own business mortgaging decision starts to potentially inhibit your ability to grow. And so 
yes. kudos to you and finding the right partner because that's hard. Yeah. It's hard to carry the culture and to find the right fit. So it is. That's yes. Awesome. We were very lucky, very fortunate. It's been a great relationship. Uh, they've allowed us to continue to do Texas the way we want to do Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really appreciate that. I've earned their trust. They've earned my trust. So, right. That's, that's what you're looking for is that good partnership that can allow you to continue to be successful. Very cool. Right. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. Here's a message from our sponsors. Hey guys, we're back here on the Leader's Playbook talking to Kelly McFarland, founder of Premier Rehab Physical Therapy. Well, let's get into a little bit about your philosophies and, well, first of all, what do you do day to day? I always like to ask our guests kind of give yeah. us the formula and um, so I'd start there. So tell us about a day in the life, uh, what time you wake up, what do you typically eat, what's your routine like? Yeah, so I have, uh, so I'm a single mother okay. and I have twins, boys, girl twins that are 13 and they're amazing and it's an amazing time of life boy girl for them a okay. boy and a girl interesting yes okay. so i get i get both right when they come home from school her perception of what happened is one way and his perception of what happened is totally different mm -hmm. and they're all friends they have all the same friends so it's just fascinating for me to hear uh, but I, I take them to i, I make them breakfast mm -hmm. every morning Very cool. i take them to school and it's summertime now, but I take them to school and then I go to work and I work all day. I often will pick them up from school. I think that's very important for me to be involved in their life. Mm -hmm. I want to be available when it's time to talk. I want to be available when they're experiencing things. I think that's super important. So my job is able to bend and flex. And so when they get home and they get their snack, you know, they like to go do their own thing. Well, then that's when I go back to work. Gotcha. Right. So then I go back to work and handle and I work a lot. I work a lot, but I love it. Yeah. And so it's not work. It, it, it's not work. I've yeah. done it forever. It's in me. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy it. So part of my hobby is my work. You do, you, know, do you do so. any like you have to have some pastimes? You have to work out. Do you read? What is your I do like to read. I do like to read. I like music. I do like to exercise. I love to bake even though I don't eat it. <laughs> what is, uh, what do you do like to read? What's your genre? What do you like to? I like to read motivational books, leader books. Honestly, I'm not a drama book. I'm not a fiction book. I'm yeah. not a history book reader. I like all the books that teach me something, mm -hmm. help me learn something. Um, what's the number one book right now? Uh, my number one book is what it takes. The Pursuit of Greatness by Stephen Schwartzman, okay. one of the Blackstone founders. So I've, I've read a lot, right? And I reference a, a bunch of them, but that's my current book right now. So, so. if you had one book to pass off to a, a budding entrepreneur, what would be the book that you recommend? You know, I thought you might ask me that question. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, when you go to college for the first year and you ask kids, so what are you majoring in and where do, what classes are you taking? And they go, oh, I'm just taking the basics. I don't really know. Mm -hmm. I think that leadership is a lot the same. There are so many leadership books out there and every leadership book has its own level mm -hmm. of leadership tips or teachings. And so I think depending on where you are in your leadership path, there are certain books that are better for this path versus this path. 
right? So a new budding leader might not be ready for uh, John Maxwell's 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, mm -hmm. right? It may be too much for them. Maybe servant leadership by Ken Blanchard would be better for them. Huh. So I think there's a whole spectrum of leadership books out there and you just have to find the right one for you. So I have a, a bunch of them, but uh, tough times never last, but tough people do. Robert Schuller, an oldie, but a goodie, mm -hmm. right? That's been around forever. Jack Welch is one of my favorites. I've read a lot of his books. Um, so. What about music? One band, got to go to a concert, last Ooh. concert, what's, what's that one? Carrie Underwood. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I would love, I, and she's in Vegas, right? Yeah. So I would love to go see her. I think she's amazing. If you can afford a plane uh, ticket right now, it's insane. It, Just it to flies. fly anywhere. It's crazy. Yeah, flying. So Carrie Underwood, that's, Carrie Underwood. that's your jam, huh? I, I love her, everything about her and her music. Um, I like country music. I love Southern gospel music, believe it or not, David Phelps and the Gaither band. So um, it goes all over the place with music for me. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think of any other hobbies. So what do you do for, you know, physical activity to stay fit and to get out there? And do you, do you work out routinely? Do you bike? Do you swim? Do you run? Do you, what do you do there? So I do have an exercise room in my home and Pilates is my favorite. Okay. Uh, kind of just because exercise has been my world for my whole life, right? Yeah. It's pretty simple for me to figure out some things to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do have a Peloton treadmill. I do have a bike. I have a reformer. I have weights. Um, so to me, working out is a privilege and a luxury. Yes. So like when I go on vacation, I exercise because <laughs> that's fun for me. Oh, and then I spa. I like to spa. That's a hobby. Well, that could be a hobby. That could be a hobby. Shopping, spying. Shopping whatever. is very much a hobby. <laughs> very much a hobby. So those those would be my top three for sure. So tell me about. Um, have you encountered any like major adversities in your life or in business or whatever you feel comfortable talking about? And how do you kind of overcome that? You know, I, so life is hard, yeah. right? It, it is not easy. And you know, the whole iceberg picture, right? Where everybody sees from the water above is mm -hmm. the success. They don't ever see what's below the water, right? To every person, they have to have had adversities that are the ones that are successful, they have to. I think the biggest thing is not being afraid to fail mm -hmm. because we've all failed or I've tried different things at clinics and it didn't work out or I've tried to do this program and it just didn't make or it just didn't take or I did open a clinic in, a, in an area and we only stayed there three years. It just didn't take off as we thought it would so we didn't renew the lease. But, but I don't I don't dwell on those things and I don't let them get me down. It's just kind of like that. Okay, go. Okay. Let's keep going. Almost like a pinball machine. Yeah. I often feel like a pinball machine <laughs> where you just go pink and you know, Oh, okay. We'll go over here and you'll think, Oh, okay. Over here. And pretty often you'll reach the tilt. Yeah. Right. And you get there, but there's always going to be that fallback. There's always going to be that fallback, but I really don't take the time to worry about it. And mm -hmm. I really don't take the time to dwell on it. I just keep moving. In uh, learning, in yeah, learning, there's sure. something to be learned from every success or fail sure. or decision. So there's been plenty, plenty, but I just learn from it. And even with my team, like if there's been something that's gone wrong and we sit down and we talk about it, we'll say, okay, so this is what happened. Maybe it's a billing situation for a patient, you know, which whoever wants a problem with their billing in healthcare nobody. Yeah. So we'll talk about what happened and I don't, it doesn't matter to me how or who or why at all. 
the fact is it did happen. Yep. How do we fix it? Right. And how do we move? Yep. That's it. Well, that, that kind it. of philosophy, too, helps your people hold themselves more accountable, which is all you want. It's not to dwell on this. It's, no. again, to learn learn from that That's right. That problem and let's grow together. We have your back kind of a... Clearly. Yeah. I mean, we don't like it, right? Yeah. The patient didn't like it. Don't do it again or you're Don't fired. do it again. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you do it over and over again, we've had this <laughs> meeting, then then maybe we have a problem. Yeah. But 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 I, I, don't, I don't blame because mm-hmm. I've made mistakes and I am first to say, ooh, ooh, that was me. Okay. Mm-hmm. I... I did not inform you, or maybe I forgot to tell you this change was coming. I apologize. Let me do better. Let's fix it. And just move. Just keep moving. So when you come in the room, do your employees go, oh, I love Kelly, or they like, watch out? Are you What kind of persona do you think you have around your people? You know, uh, I think they get excited, <laughs> but I think some are a little nervous if maybe they haven't worked with me as much mm-hmm. as my team's getting bigger. It takes a minute for them to know me. But I certainly make it a point every time if I haven't met somebody that's on the team that I introduce myself to them and find something common with them. Something that I've done every year for my company at Christmas time is that every employee gets a Christmas ornament from me that has something to do between that person and I and a personal note. Mm -hmm. And uh, some I've known longer, some I haven't known as much, but I make it a point to know something Mm -hmm. about them that I take the time to appreciate them and they actually keep them all. And they send me pictures sometimes every year of the ornaments I've given them. So, so yeah, I, you know, investing in our people and creating a happy place for people to work. That was the other reason why I wanted to own my own company is because I knew I was going to work for a long time and I wanted to be happy. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure there's lots of other people out there who are going to work and also wanted to be happy. So I wanted to create that space that we can work, and be productive and successful and happy at the same time. And I don't think that's too much to ask. Yeah, that's, I mean, investing in your people's huge is great. Yes. So what's, um, what's kind of next? What's, what's on the horizon? What are your goals? So goals now, professionally, being with Empower, our job is to find other private practice owners who may want to join our group mm-hmm. so that we continue to grow, just to continue to present as a private practice physical therapist in our market. There's a lot of retail space happening in physical therapy today, and we believe we have a little bit of a different product Mm -hmm. being private practice. So we want to support those private practice owners out there who might be close to retirement, Mm -hmm. who may be close to an exit strategy, who might be feeling like they want to continue to grow, but they can't like Mm -hmm. I did. So that is my goal uh, in the Texas market, mm-hmm. to work with my team and build that here in Texas. What about personal growth goals or personal goals that you have? Person- that much thought? Are you, yeah. Some people aren't like true goal-oriented. They're just out there driving it and getting stuff done. Yeah, but- you know, so because my work is my hobby and my work is my life uh, and my children are my life, I think my personal goal is just to continue to be all that I need to be mm-hmm. for everybody, yeah. which is really hard, right? So I have an amazing relationship with my family, my mom, my sister, my dad, and my brother. Mm-hmm. So I want to be all that I can for them, and they're all local. I want to be all that I can for my children, and I want to be all that I can for my company and my team. And that keeps me pretty busy, yeah. right? But being happy at the same time, sure. um, making memories with my kids, 
uh, fostering the right environment for them to learn how to make friends, be successful, know their strengths, move through life, right? It's hard for them. So, so those the, are my personal goals. No end in sight, doesn't seem like. No end in sight. Just go, go, go. So Kelly, tell me a little bit about if, if you had a rally cry or maybe a mission statement or something, what, tell us a little bit about that. What, what would that be? Yes. I think simpler is better. Mm -hmm. And as long as you can remember it and repeat it, it will be used more, right? Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite is what you think about, you bring about. Mm -hmm. And I teach that a lot to my children today, in addition to looking at the glass half full mm -hmm. or half empty. As leaders, we have a decision on how we see things. We have a decision on how we look at a problem or an opportunity or a situation or implementing a new change or a new process. We have a way of how we present that. And it all festers from what you think and how you feel and how you look at things. Yep. So if what you think about, you bring about, and you're positive, mm -hmm. then you more than likely are going to have a positive spin on whatever it is you're implementing right? A change of process, a new employee, a new team. If you look at the glass half empty, you're going to look at what's wrong with the process and what's wrong with this person and how it's just not going to work. No leader I've ever met can be successful if what they think about being negative, they can then flip it and bring success. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. So just positive thinking and creating this positive aura, uh, who does impact your outlook and, and kind of how you present to other people. And that's um, kind of, it's magnetic in a lot it of is. ways. And people see Very that. Very contagious. Yes. So keeping that positive, like when you get out here on 635 and yes. some dude cuts you off and slams on his brakes, how do you maintain a positive outlook? Or do you just say that's out the window? And... No, 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 no. So you have a choice, right? Yeah. You have a choice of how you look at that. For me, I'm like, whoo, thank goodness he didn't hit me. <laughs> that's me. I, I don't, I don't have any time for anything else. Right. Because Time is the most precious thing we have. Mm -hmm. You can't get any more of it than I can. We all have the same amount. So how you choose your time is how you're going to invest in yourself, right? So any moment of time that you spend wasteful on negative or outcries of anger or things you can't change, you're not getting that time back. Right. So if, if it's not worthy of my time to complain about that driver, then I just move on. I just really am thankful they didn't hit me. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, let's move over here and we'll get out of his way. Thoughts so, are powerful. They really they do. Are. They, they, they are. They, they roll downhill. They are. So. Yes. That's awesome. Through your ascendancy and your success, both personally and in business, what would you say are some of the biggest influences or have been the biggest influence on you in that process and that development? Well, for sure, my parents, mm -hmm. for sure, my parents growing up with their investment, their attitude, teaching me, grooming me, including me, I saw that firsthand. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's the biggest thing. And then I've stayed busy all my life. I've done lots of things. And I, I think that you don't have to be the CEO or the president or the entrepreneur or the big head chief to be a leader mm -hmm. where you are. I think that wherever you are in life, that you can lead those around you in whatever way your talent has been given. Mm -hmm. So I think through high school for me and through college, through graduate school, through my doctorate program, I think all of those opportunities, I took advantage of 
everything that I could be a part of, and that helped me. So officer positions, leadership roles, committee chair positions. I lead a committee for our private practice section for the APTA now. I think all along the way, just looking for opportunity to be more involved mm -hmm. and learning and asking the right questions and being willing to be groomed by others, mm -hmm. taking that, not offensively, but taking it as an opportunity. Ooh, I could do that. Or, mm -hmm. oh yeah, it could be better that way. Or, ooh, I didn't know I did that. Or, oh, I didn't know I was so loud. You know, th you just have to take all of that as you go through life to make yourself a better version of you. Right. And so I think just wanting to do that mm -hmm. and seeking that as I've moved through my works and my schools has led me here. What, what I'm hearing you say is you've been able to put the ego on the shelf, be humble, and those influences in your life have taught you that, how to knuckle down and get stuff done when you had to, yes. and to maintain your integrity and be a leader throughout the process. So. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute Absolutely. pleasure learning about you and the company. Uh, really excited to see kind of where things lead for you in thank the future. You. We'll keep an eye on all of that. And again, thank you thank so much for, for joining us today. Thank, thank you. you. Enjoyed so it. Had a great and thank time. you guys for joining this edition of the Leaders Playbook. Be sure to tune into our next episode next week. Um, and we'll have another amazing and exciting guest for you. <laughs>